0: Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife Brianna are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. Open up your Bible with me if you would to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 and I thought, man, what message do I want to preach uh, based on the season uh, of life that our, that our Tampa spot is in? And I, I just felt like um, uh, this message uh, was appropriate for the season and the time that we are in here in Tampa. And of my message today is called, But As It Is, But As It Is, right? Uh, there's the way that we wish that it was, and then there's just the way that it is. Right, come on, you ever think to yourself, man, man, here's how I wish it was, but here's how it is, right? In fact, I, I was just talking to uh, uh, one of the guys uh, on the team here that I've, I've known for a lot of years, did GCLI with us, I'm not gonna rat him out, but his name's Casey. And, um, and, uh, um, and we, were, we were out talking, and I asked him, Right. I ask all of our young guys, um, you know, whether it's Lakeland or Tampa, I'm like, hey man, you got a girl yet? Like, how's that, how's that journey going for you? Um, that's the problem about talking to me, you never know when the, 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 it's going to get worked into a message. Um, so talk carefully. Um, uh, uh, and, uh, and I, asked, I asked, you know, you got a girl, he goes, no, and he told me, he's like, man, I, I kind of slept on one, but now she's booed up. And, uh, and, 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 and this is what he said, like, I'm not going to say who it is, but, but like, because she's booed up now, that'd be weird, you know, that'd be awkward. Um, but he said, but now she's booed up, um, and I, I kind of slept on it. And then he said this, and it was a great point, he said, you know, I, I'm just kind of realizing it's not just going to like come gift wrapped. Like I gotta, I gotta pursue. I gotta go, right? There's, right, because that's true of life, right? There's, there's how we wish it was, right, and there's just how it is. This thing's not gonna come gift wrap. Uh, you gotta go get it, my friend. Okay, Casey. I'm God. Right now, do what you can, in Jesus' name. Uh, there's how we wish it was, but then there's how it is. And I wanna read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I love this passage because it's very convicting and challenging to me. And I'll explain why it's probably convicting and challenging for all of us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it's a relatively famous passage if you've been around church. The Apostle Paul writes, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. But as it is, come on, let's pray together this morning over the preaching of God's word. Uh, God, thank you so much. Uh, for just the ability and and the honor it is to gather and to sit under the preaching of your word, And God, I pray that you would help us to see ourselves as part of something bigger and broader and part of a collective. And I pray that you would uh, use this time, God, that you would remind us of that. And Lord, we ask you to speak to us in a profound way. God, we submit our ways before you, for we acknowledge that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So God, we're, we're... our ways rival your ways, let our ways die. And where our ways try to compete against your ways, God, I pray that we would surrender to your ways. In Jesus' name, we all said amen. Amen. Um, Have you ever been impressed uh, by something that just works? Maybe you see a marriage from afar, it just works, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm very impressed, or um, you know, uh, Christine and I, we have uh, a twin boy and, you know, boy-girl twins, and they're, they're four and a half years old, and, and I love watching, uh, you know, parents that have raised, like, really respectful kids that are now maybe in their late teens or early 20s, and I'm like, man, that just works, and I, I always, I love observing things that just work. And uh, uh, this last October, uh, I got invited to preach um, in Northern California uh, at a friend of mine's church, and And we were out there and he calls me uh, about three days prior to us flying out, right? He he calls us about three days uh, uh, prior to us, us flying out there. And he goes, dude, you're not gonna believe this um, but uh, one of my council members at my church, he got the six of us, him and his wife, you know, my buddy and his wife and me and Christina, he got us reservations uh, for, and, and, and he said the name of the restaurant. I immediately knew the name of the restaurant because it's literally one of the most famous restaurants in the entire world, right? Um, and, uh, and, and he said, you know, he got us reservations for the French Laundry. And again, one of the most famous restaurants in the entire world and, um, and I go, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. I, I immediately like think about Christina because for her, this would be like, what me going to the Super Bowl is, would be her eating at the French Laundry, okay? And so I'm thinking about Christina while I'm talking to my buddy, I'm texting Christina. And I'm, now, now I gotta be honest, while I'm texting Christina, I'm thinking to myself like, okay, he got the reservations. But like, who's gonna pay for this Bama? Like, like I, got, I got questions, like, like, because, you know, I have a budget and French Laundry is uh, exceeding my budget. And, uh, and while I'm thinking that, my buddy's like, dude, my, my council member, like, Tom, very, very wealthy guy, owns a steel company, uh, he got money like that. Aren't you great, grateful for Rich Friend? Come on, is anybody else grateful that, man, there's there's just some people that have scrap like that that can just take you to the French Laundry, and it's like the equivalent of me buying you a white chocolate mocha from Starbucks? (laughs) And I'm just so grateful for people like that. I text Christina. She's freaking out. And so we go to this place, the French Laundry. We literally fly across the country get off the plane, uh, stop by the hotel for an hour, and then boom, drive to the French Laundry. And I gotta be honest, it's the craziest dinner experience I've ever had in my life. You're sitting down and it was like 10 courses. It was like 10 courses and they're like the most decadent, beautifully laid out, even like the bowls are works of art. And, And when they come out, like literally each one of us has like their own person that comes out. And they each have like their own person that comes out. And it's like, it's really bizarre stuff, man. I felt like I was a little bit like in a cult. It was really, really strange. And they would all set the food down at the exact same time. Somebody would explain the food, boom, they would go off. This happened 10 times throughout the night. At the end of the night, uh, they say, hey, um, you know, you guys can come into the kitchen. And so you can go into the kitchen, and they're showing you the kitchen. And you're like, this is crazy. This is like the most incredible thing. Uh, and one of the things that stood out to me the most, uh, rather two things, uh, one of the things was how unified everything was, j- j- just how together everything was. Again, from the way they walked out to, to, I mean, the kitchen was immaculate. It was like spotless. I mean, as soon as something fell on something, I mean, they would clean it up. And then the other thing that was fascinating to me is I, I looked up at the clock. They had a few clocks in the kitchen. And every single one of uh, the clocks under the clock had a phrase. And it said, sense of urgency. It said, sense of urgency. And I, I really believe this, that, that as the body of Christ, I think those two things are to work hand in hand. Togetherness and a sense of urgency. In in, in fact, uh, uh, every year, uh, both locations, uh, we have an offering that we do called Heart for the House. Right, And, and it's, it's the reason why we do heart for the house is why? So that we can all collectively bring our resources together, throw them in the bucket or give online however you give. And because we actually believe that like people's eternity is actually hanging in the balance, yeah. we bring our collective resources together. We give them for heart for the house and, and, and we lay those down. And, and what happens, man, we're, we're allowed to go, we use this term all the time, further, faster. Why? Because we actually believe that, man, we got to go together, but we also have to go fast because time is of the essence. It's why we started Gray City, Tampa, right? why, why did we start Gray City, Tampa? Because we had a number of people driving out from Tampa, but we were like, look, we're not gonna be able to reach thousands of people from Tampa if they have to drive to Lakeland. We could reach hundreds, but not thousands. So how do we have to do this? Oh, uh, we need to have a sense of urgency. Why? Because people's eternity's hanging in the balance. So we need a location in Tampa so that we can continue to walk unified, but so we can speed up the process for how we're reaching people. There's something about the kingdom of God that wants us to go together, but with a sense of urgency. And so my challenge to everyone in our church lately has been this, um, are you bringing something to the table? Are you bringing something to the table? I don't care if this is your first time or you've been here since the beginning. Uh, My challenge to you would, would say, hey, what are you bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the table? You guys remember group projects in school? Now, there were two types of people. There were the types of people that hated group projects and the type of people that loved group projects. And they break down very obviously, right? The, the breakdown is very obvious. The good students hate group projects, right? Like my wife, Christina, right? She, she was a 4.0 all the, way, all the way through, studied at Oxford, has two master's degrees, and is almost done with her PhD, right? She hates group projects. She's literally in her her PhD right now. She hates group projects. And then there were people like me. (laughs) Come on, let me see if you loved group projects. You loved, yes, people like everybody sitting in the back. I loved, (laughs) I loved group projects. I lived for group projects, but here's what I knew. I knew this very quickly. The reason why the smart kids uh, hated group projects and why the kids that had other interests, <laughs> didn't like group projects as much, is because the kids who, who were, like, you know, like, into it knew that they were going to bring something to the table, and they knew kids that maybe, like, were like me, weren't going to bring anything to the table. So I decided this. Okay, I knew I was never going to be in the smart kid camp. Like, I knew. Like, I was a solid 2.75 GPA, um, you, know, uh, you know, from middle school all the way through community college. <laughs> All the way through my undergrad, I was like 2.75. That's where I lived. I lived in the B minus range. That's where I felt comfortable. It's where I felt good. It's where I, it's where I belonged. And, and so I knew I was, man, I'm never gonna crack like the, the magna cum whatever kids, right? <laughs> never, never gonna crack that ceiling. But I also didn't wanna be the kids bringing nothing to the table. Because I knew how the kids that brought stuff to the table talked about the kids that brought nothing to the table. So I said, okay, what am I going to do? So I said, I know what I can do. I can be the hype guy. <laughs> I'm like, I can be the good time guy. Like, I can bring the I came with pizzas guy. I can be the, hey, I brought the highlighters, the poster board, the pizzas. Like, I dipped into my budget for this. Like, I'm bringing something to the table. And all, it was awesome because all the smart kids loved me. Because they're like, look, he's not bringing anything academic to the table, but this guy's bringing the pizzas, right? And I I think sometimes in life, I I think sometimes we got to make sure that that, that we're not bringing nothing to the table only because we're not bringing like the best things to the table. I I think sometimes we're like, oh, I I could never sing or I could never do this. And so the problem is we just show up and we just sit because maybe we're not the 4.0 kid, We're like, and, and we don't think creatively to go, hey, that's nice, and that's awesome, and I honor what that person's bringing to the table, but I know I'm never going to bring that to the table, but I know I can bring something to the table. And so again, I've been challenging our church in Lakeland, men, what are you bringing to the table? In church life, people get frustrated for one of two reasons either because they want to be lazy. like Listen, that's what I love about Pastor Alex and Bree because they, they, they really do carry a heart in this. Listen, if you just want to chill and you just want to hang out, um, uh, you're going to get frustrated a lot at Gray City, Tampa. Like if you're trying to show up and you're not trying to activate your faith and you're not trying to like be a missionary at your workplace or at your school and, and, and you're not trying to be generous and you're not trying to walk in reconciliation and relationships, you're going to show up here and we're just going to make you mad. You're just going to show up if you just want like comfortable Christianity and you want to show up and you want to just hear about how awesome you are. Like you're going to you're going to be frustrated with our church. Yeah, yeah. Right. You're going to be. And, and, and so so people get frustrated in church life for one of two reasons. One, either they want to be lazy or two. And this is a big one. You got to be careful because some of you may maybe operate in this vein or you feel like you're doing everything. Those are the reasons why people get frustrated in church life. Either, hey, I want to be lazy, leave me alone. I want to do my thing. I, I like the vibe, but I don't really want to sacrifice for the vibe. just want to show up and enjoy the vibe, right? Or, or, or two, I'm doing everything. Nobody knows what I'm doing, <laughs> right? And, and those are a couple of reasons why people get frustrated. And here's my point. My only point today is this. Is, this, is it the interdependent, interdependent nature of the body of Christ will either fuel or frustrate you? The interdependent nature of the body of Christ. It'll either fuel you and light you up and get you excited to be a part of something bigger, or it will frustrate you. It'll frustrate you because you want to be lazy, or it'll frustrate you because you want to be a martyr. But but, but it will either fuel you or frustrate you. And can I just be honest with you? Sometimes it'll do both in the same week. Sometimes it'll do both in the same conversation. Sometimes it'll, it'll do both in the same meeting where you're like, oh man, I'm filled by the fact that man, I get to work together with a collective or it will frustrate you because you're like, oh man, I feel like I'm doing everything or man, I just wanna chill. And I love in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 the, the challenge that we all have, right? Because the writer writes, he says, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Now this is important. For in one spirit, we were all baptized Into one body, and all were made to drink of one spirit, or another translation says, All were made to drink of the same cup. You ever talk to somebody that forgot where they came from? (laughs) You ever talk to somebody, and it's like, Oh, oh, you've changed. You you forgot where you came from. Uh, uh, A little while back, uh, JT, who's with me, uh, finishing up his last year of uh, our Grace City Leadership Institute, and Uh, he he, he hangs out with me on Sunday, and uh, we were driving home from church after our last service in Lakeland. We got uh, uh, the three, my routine is like the same every week. We got the three morning services, and then I I go home, usually get a quick bite to eat, and then I play basketball, and then like lay down for about 45 minutes, and then get up, and then we have a 6 p.m. service, and that's kind of like my routine. Three services, basketball, fourth service. That's kind of like my routine. It it feels good. I like it, Um, but I always got to get food, and uh, on one particular Sunday, we get in the car, and we're driving. I'm like, hey, JT, let's stop by Chipotle real quick so I can grab something to eat, and then, I, and then I'll go play basketball. And, and so we, we take this turn down this road, and when we take this um, you know, turn down this road, we see this like, hot dog stand just on the side of the road. Now, contrary to what you've heard, uh, Lakeland is not a booming metropolis with hot dog stands everywhere. <laughs> and we take it right, and there's just this guy with a hot dog stand. And we drive past it, and I'm like, JT, you want to get a hot dog? Will you eat a hot dog from that guy on the side of the road? And he's an intern, so what's he going to say? You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I'm down, right? So if you're down, I'm down. You die, I die, you know? And so sure enough, we turn around, and we go up to him, and, like, I had some, like, cash. I never have cash with me, but I had cash, and I'm like, hey, like, we'll take two hot dogs he's like you want this on this one it like it was amazing right I, uh, g- give him our cash and we just sit on the curb we just we just <laughs> we just sit on a curb and just crush a hot dog and 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 a little water bottle out of his little cooler and I gotta be honest it was like some of the best lunch I've had in a long time it was incredible and so we get in the car and I go home and I'm putting my basketball stuff on and my wife, Christina, she's like, um, are, are you gonna eat? Like, are you? I'm like, oh, we already ate. She goes, oh, what'd you have? I'm like, oh, a hot dog. <laughs> she's like, a hot dog? Where'd you get a hot dog from? I was like, oh, JT and I were driving. We're gonna go to Chipotle and uh, there's a guy on the side of the road and I'm like, JT, you want a hot dog? And he's like, what's he gonna say? And he's like, yeah. And, and, and so we stop and get a hot dog. She's like, hold on. You got a hot dog from a guy on the side of the road? And when my wife said that, I looked at her just with disgust. And I'm like, You've changed. You've changed. And the reason, if you don't know my wife, the reason why I'm like, You've changed. Number one, my wife is from Alaska and she did not have running water until she was like 13. Uh, Number two, my wife spent a whole summer during college one time in Cambodia and she ate a deep fried spider. And I just looked at her and said, You've changed. You've changed. You, you, you've gotten to, like, North American Christianity. Like, you've changed. Like, you, like wait, I, I remember the girl that would, like, like, eat a spider in Cambodia. Come on, you, you, were, you were going to the bathroom in a bucket at 13 years old. How dare you criticize me for eating a hot dog on the side of the road in Lakeland, Florida. We, we got to be careful. Uh, the, the, the longer we follow God for... Uh, that we don't forget that we actually all got into this thing in the same way. We got to make sure that that we don't forget. Some of you, you forget how ratchet you were. I'm just going to let you marinate and think about it for a second. Like, son. That's why we do communion, right, to reflect, where would I be have it not been for God, right? Some of you, like, you forgot. You've been, like, sanctified now. You've been walking with God for, like, you know, four years, and you forget where you came from. Some of you have been walking with God for, like, 24 years or 30 years, and you forget that you were dead in your trespasses. You forget the scriptures tell us that while we were yet an enemy of God, Christ died for us. You forget that we all got into this thing the same way, through one body, through one baptism, through one communion, through one spirit. Like, this is how we all get in. In fact, back in the day uh, in Lakeland, we used to end our services by holding hands together, but then COVID hit and we don't do that. We don't really do that anymore. But the reason why we would do that, why, is we would say, hey, you need the person on your right and left. Yeah. Yeah. If you grew up in the Catholic church, what you drank out of one cup, why? Because it was a reminder that what we are all connected. And I think sometimes, man, we got to be careful that we don't get self-reliant, self-dependent on our sanctification. And that we don't forget that, no, no, I, I need you. And you need me. And you need that person on your right and left. We all get into this thing in the same way, baptized by one spirit, all drinking from the same cup. Then in verse 14, it says, for the body doesn't consist of one member but of many. And then it goes into this thing, like, you know, anytime I read the Bible, I always just laugh. Like, my my brain is a very fascinating place. And so, whenever it's like, imagine if we were all an ear, I literally imagine us all being just, (laughs) just ears walking around, right? And he goes on to say, you know, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that wouldn't make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an ear, that would be hilarious. Where would be the sense of smell? Right? And some of us really get frustrated with that. If we're being honest with ourselves, right, we get frustrated by the fact that it says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Uh, in Lakeland, we launched the church and, and God just did what he did. And, and it's amazing what God's doing here, right? When, when God grows your church very fast and people start coming, it's, it's, a, it's a really beautiful thing. And uh, after about uh, four months, uh, it, it was very—it was kind of wild. Our church went from about 400 to about a thousand people um, at the at like in about three weeks, four months into our church, and and it was kind of crazy. And I had a guy come up to me, a guy I really loved, and uh, and he said, "Hey, uh, man, Pastor, I'm just kind of I'm I'm bummed." He was like, I'm kind of bummed because I, I like the reason why I, why I wanted to come here and be a part is because I liked that it was a church plan and that it was going to be like smaller. And, and I liked that. And even, you know, though it grew really quickly and it was like 400 pretty early on, I, I, I liked 400, but now it's crazy because there's like over a thousand people. And, 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 and he began to, to share this. And I, I honestly, I just agreed with him. I said, totally, I totally understand. I said, in fact, you want to know what for me was like the perfect size of our church? Like the perfect size where I felt like, man, this is like the perfect size. This is the sweet spot. The week before you came. (laughs) Like the week before you came in, man, that was like the perfect size of the church. And he kind of laughed because he understood what I was doing. Right? Because isn't it interesting? Like we always think the perfect size is the one that gets us just in. Like the perfect size of the group. If I'm number nine, the perfect size of the group is nine. If I'm number 35, the perfect size of the group is 35. If I'm number 50, the perfect size of the group is 50. And and we gotta change that mentality. Like like, like we have to stay out of that. Listen, uh, you are not it. You are not one of one. You are not the be all end all. Like the church is made up of what? Many parts and it is not just you and I. And the reason why that's so important, why, is because you and I, we need one another to actually grow. Yeah, like, we need one another. Um, I had a friend of mine that posted uh, something on Instagram a little while back, and I thought it was pretty innocuous, right? I thought it was pretty innocuous. Pretty much, uh, he just posted something that, that pretty much just said, um, man, if you're a Christian, pretty much you need the church. It was like, man, I've never seen anybody's spirituality go well. Um, if you are you know, claim Christ, but you're not a, not a part of a body. I thought thought it was pretty obvious, right? I I just thought it was very, an innocuous post, like, yeah, that makes sense. And I read the comments under his post, and he was just getting blasted. He was just getting blasted, like, you know, for for what he said. And in the comments, people were saying things like, well, you know, I I was hurt by this, and I stopped going, and I've never felt closer to God. I've never felt closer to God. And, And to be honest, sometimes it takes everything inside of me not to like say crazy stuff on social media. <laughs> Anybody else like me, you're just like, Oh, Holy Spirit, like help me, please. Like, right. And to be honest, the thing that I wanted to say that everybody that was responding like this is I wanted to ask them, how do you know, like, how do you, know? like, like, you're saying you've never been close to God. Here, here's what I would say. Like, how do you know you've never been close to God? Man, I'm walking closely with Jesus. If you're alone, how do you know? Like, if there's no one to be generous to, how do you know you're generous? If there's no one to forgive, how do you know you're a forgiving person? Like, how do you know you're like Jesus unless you're a... Like, literally, that's what I always want to tell people anytime I get into these conversations when people are like, oh, man, I'm feeling close with God and I'm not... Right, but you don't have any resistance to tell you otherwise. You want to know how, it, like, when I'm by myself, uh, like, I am very much like Jesus. <laughs> like, I'm very generous to myself. Like, if I want something to drink, I'm just generous to myself, and I get up. <laughs> and I get up, and I go grab me something to drink. Like, like, I know you're amazed at the type of generosity that I have towards myself. Like, I'm very forgiving to myself. If I make a mistake, I might feel bad for, like, you know, a couple hours. But I actually move on pretty quickly. I'm like, you didn't mean to do that. You're a good guy. You love God. And like, like I'm really you, Like generosity. I buy myself stuff all the time. Very generous towards myself. Right? I think kind thoughts. It's not until you come around that I really see where I'm at right? It's not till other people. So I think we got to get out of this phase of like, oh, like it's just me and Jesus or, oh, I know how I'm doing. You cannot know how you're doing with Jesus void of community. You cannot know how you're doing in your relationship with God void of this right here. You cannot, this is why getting in a city group is so important. It's why serving on a team is so important. This is why being a part of the body is so important. Why? Because when you judge yourself by yourself, it's foolishness. But man, when you like, actually have some people that like, are different than you, this is why people, again, like small environments. i want to have the team come up. I'm going to finish with a couple of thoughts. But this is why, why we like small environments. By the way, this is why, another reason why we need the church. Because it's the, it's the one environment, maybe outside of work, that you participate in that you don't curate. This is why we need the body of believers. Like we open up the doors here at Grace City, Tampa. We open up the door in Lakeland and anybody who wants to come can come. Every other interaction that you and I have throughout the week with the exception of maybe work and school, but in terms of anything outside of that, it's our choice and we're curating people that we like to be around, right? We're cura- And usually those people tend to uh, think like us, talk like us, dress like us, yeah. process like us right? You know, these things tend to happen. And so what I love about the church is the larger it gets, like when you're a really small context, you might just be a church full of feet. (laughs) You might just be a church full of ears. The larger the church grows, the more it's going to force you and I to interact with people that are different than us. This is why, the, as the church grows, it's a beautiful thing. Why? Because the body gets to come together and work in concert and make the difference that Jesus had in mind for it to make. This is a broad body of Christ. And then in verse 18, I, because I, I love that, again, the Apostle Paul is pretty much saying what I thought that Casey was saying. Which there's the way that I wish it was, and there's the way that it is. He goes, hey, look. <laughs> We all came into this thing in the same way. Uh, this 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 is a body not made up of one part. I know you wish it was made up of one part because it would make your life less complicated. He says, but as it is, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The Apostle Paul is saying, blame God. <laughs> he says, I, I, I know you, you wish you were joining a, cl- uh, a club where everybody looked like you, talked like you, thought like you, dressed like you, felt like you, processed like you. But that's not the way it is. That's the way our flesh and our lower nature wish that it was. Come on, that, that, that's the way at times. Like, even I'm like that guy at the beginning of our church. Sometimes, like, man, I miss the 40 people in the living room. I miss the 40 people in the living room because, man, I, I got meetings today after our 1230. I'm driving back to Lincoln. I got a meeting today after our 1230 that I'm not looking forward to. Why? Because it's, it's a body trying to work in unison. It's a body trying to work together. And that tension is a good thing. God arranged it like this. What you have to understand is the body can't function the way it's totally designed to without you. You might try to write yourself out of the story of God's church, but you can't do it. You might try to disqualify yourself, but God will qualify you. And what we do at Heart for the House where we come together, right? And we bring all of our resources. What you have to understand is we actually do that every week at church. We actually, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to make my way down here very, very quickly. And what you have to understand is Heart for the House is a momentary thing that we do every single week. Because every, every single week, and whether myself or Alex communicates it like this directly, you want to know really what we're saying. You're awesome, by the way. I loved your video. Yeah, we showed it in Lakeland. You're famous in Lakeland. I don't know if you know. It. A great city. That's a really big deal to be famous in Lakeland. <laughs> but 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 I saw a video of her testimony. And you know what she was communicating? She was communicating, hey, I'm here and I'm just putting my offering just in the bucket. My story, my gifts, my weaknesses, my resources, who I am, who God made me, I'm just putting it in the bucket. And and what we do every week while, while you're sitting in these seats is that God would just be saying, what's your name, bro? Tyler. That's my best friend's name who's literally preaching in Lakeland right now is, is that, that God would just say, hey man, I don't know anything about you, but I just know you have gifts. And I don't know if you've been, how long, is this your first time here you've been coming for a while? Been a few months. And I think God would just be saying, hey man, you have something to offer this place. You have something to offer this place. And you're gonna come and it's gonna feed you, but you have something to offer this place. You have gifts, you have a story, you have a calling, you have an assignment. And And, and you can either kind of like, I'm here to chill, I like the vibe. I don't know if you guys, are you guys dating, married? D- dating, okay, seeing how it's working out. <laughs> how long have you guys been dating? Four months? Ooh, that's a critical time, okay. <laughs> it's a critical times, make or break season. But as you're figuring this game of life out, God's just gonna go, hey, 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 you got something to offer, what are you putting in the bucket? And I don't mean monetarily. That's a part of it, but that's a part of it. What's your name, bro? Edward, you got something to offer. I don't know how long you've been coming. Don't know anything about your story. I know God created you with gifts that are irrevocable and that there's nothing that you could do that God would pull those gifts from you. He gives them their gifts. What's your name, ma'am? Yes, Julie, how long you been coming? First time from Seattle, word. What are you doing here? You're visiting SEU from Seattle. I'm from Tacoma, Washington, born and raised. That's amazing. You're definitely going to SEU after this message. Yeah, it's a long way from home. Yeah, what other schools are you looking at? Yeah, those are too close to home. Come on, girl. Kidding, mom. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Florida's a great place to visit. Where do you go to church? Do you go to church out there? New Life with Troy Jones. I know Troy well. Do you serve there? Are you involved in the church? Of course you are. Yeah. Because even when I was worshiping, I was like, man, there's a unique thing on your life. I bet you have a ton to offer, uh, Troy, in the the church there. It's amazing. I love that. Every single one of you, man, you got something to offer. I I wish I could just have coffee with every single one of you, just like hear your story. And just go, hey, you got you got something to give. The Bible says this those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Oftentimes you're wondering why your faith might get a little dry sometimes. It's never because I'm serving too much. It's just not. I talk to people all the time, like oh, I'm just burned out from serving. Could you imagine like Peter going to Jesus? <laughs> hey Jesus, man, I've been serving every uh, every 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 greeting team for the last six months. I just need a few months off. I'm just burned out from serving. Jesus would have, I don't even know what, Jesus would have said something crazy. Because remember when a guy died, remember when a guy's like father died? And he's like, hey, I just wanna go bury my dad and then I'll catch up with you guys. And Jesus is like, let the dead bury the dead. It was like, whoa, that's an insane statement. You're You're not burned out from giving, you're not. You're probably burned out from trying to be a a square peg in a round hole. You're probably burned out from trying to be something you're not. I've never been burned out from serving. I've been burned out trying to perform. I've been burned out trying to perform. Never burned out just pouring into people. Can I tell you how many times I get up at like 5.30 in the morning for a 6 a.m. meeting for a guy that's gotta be at work at a certain time? I'm always tired. Is anybody else ever, like, I'm always sick at 5.30 in the morning. (laughs) I think I'm sick. I don't know if I can make this meeting. No, you're not sick, it's 5.30 in the morning, bro. <laughs> but can I tell you, I go to those meetings and I never am sitting in that meeting halfway through it going, man, it's a waste of my time. I'm always stirred up for what God's doing in the lives of somebody else. And I always think of that verse, those who refresh others are themselves refreshed. Every single one of you in this room, you got something to offer. And my prayer is wherever you're at on the journey, whether you're here visiting, or whether this is your first time, or whether you've been here for the last year, I wanna encourage you, to take the next step. Whatever that is for you, take the next step. Growth tracks today, take the next step. Get on a team, start giving, start showing up, start being around, whatever that is. Come on, Grace H.M., let's stand to our feet. I just wanna ask a couple of questions. The first question is this You're in this room right now. And if you and I were to get together and go out to lunch and if I were to ask you, is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? And if your answer is, you know what? No, he's not, or maybe he was 20 years ago, but I've walked away and today I just wanna come home. If that's you with every head bowed and eyes closed, I'm gonna ask when I count to three, that you would just lock out your elbow and lift up your hand and say, yeah, pastor, that's me. I want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life. The Bible says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you'll be saved. God will forgive you of your sin right now, right where you're at. And it won't just be so that when you die, you go to the good place. It will be the, the fact that he wants to walk with you right now and start you on a new life. So when I count to three, if that's you, I just want you to lock your elbow and lift up your hand, and this would just be your confession of faith. That's you. Ready? One, two, three. Go ahead and lift up your hand all across this room. Yeah, beautiful. See you right there, man. Way to go. Yep, see you right there. See you right here. Beautiful, most important decision in your life, who is Jesus, he is Lord, way to go. You put your hand down, second question is this. You're in this room right now and you're saying, I wanna make a commitment to take the next step. I wanna take the next step, wherever that is. I'm a part of a body. I'm not one by myself, I'm not interdependent. I'm not dependent on myself, I am interdependent on the body of Christ. And some of us are a hand, and some of us are an ear, and some of us are an eye, but God, I wanna play my role in the body of Christ. I want you to lift up your hand all across this room, and I wanna pray for us. God, I thank you so much for who you are. I'm grateful, God, that you have made us a body. God, that we belong one to another. God, that we are to outdo one another in good works. God, thank you so much for Grace City, Tampa. Thank, God, we're thankful for what you've done in a, under a year and a half. And God, we know that there's more out there for us. So God, let us take the next step as we serve you and as we serve your vision for people's lives, which is to redeem and restore that which has been lost. Come on, can we lift up our voice? Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.